I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this is, wait, where are we? Who am I? This is the Mutant Ages. <laughs> Ryan you. is eating a peanut butter sandwich and he doesn't want anybody to know. It's a secret. Even though I'm like, and <laughs> okay, I'm also going to say, I'm editing all of that out. She's going to leave it alone. We are in. watching, we are watching X-Men Evolution season four still. Right. And we got another fun episode this week. Thank goodness. That's like the last one. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. Spicy, spicy episode. So two things, uh, three things. Mm-hmm. One, Cajun spice. I love cayenne pepper. It is very healthy for you, and everybody should have it because it helps with your. Uh, oh yeah, clear stomach. the sinuses. That too. And that too. Yeah. And also, I'm drinking out of a cup that I found at a comic book store a couple of weeks ago that has Wolverine on it, and it is now Great. my official Mutant Ages water drinking glass. Great, love that. And third, I'm sad. I'm sad that this is like one of the last two episodes of X Men Evolution that's good. Before we stop getting X-Men Evolution and we're going to go into Wolverine and the X-Men, which at this point I'm pretty excited about. Me too, because it's a lot of the same creative team and that's kind of fun to me. And I feel like we're going to get some X-Men Evolution Easter eggs and that's the most we're ever going to get, you know, in terms of a follow up to X-Men Evolution, right. seemingly. But yeah, I it is sad that it's ending because I'm enjoying it so much. And this is almost the end already. I was so excited through X-Men, the animated series, to get to X-Men Evolution. And that's not mm-hmm. to say that I didn't enjoy X-Men, the animated series, because that is a huge part of our, our upbringing. But I was just very pumped to get X-Men Evolution because how, I think, relatable and informative it was to at to us at the time that it came out. And I feel like I'm not going to have that experience with any of the other... Anything else? Like I, I, like, I will relate to it. I will relate to it just like we did with X-Men, the animated series, but like... No, I know. It's not like living through it, you know? I know exactly so. what you mean. And also, at this point, we're way past the live action movies where that was the case for us, too. Like, we're, we're moving on from our teenagers, which may be for the best, because like... We don't need to talk about how bad they were every week, but it's... <laughs> I mean, there is something to be said for that piece of it for us, and like... Wolverine and the X-Men, I just like, I don't think I've even seen it. I mean, maybe I have. I don't know. I'll watch it. I'll see what I can remember. But you know why? I know why you didn't see it initially, because I think it was, I was in college when it came out and I wasn't really watching TV. Then. It was around the same time that we were doing the third musical, the third cosplay musical. Oh, my God. Which Because I remember everybody was talking about it, but it was really hard to watch it because it wasn't airing on a normal network or whatever. Oh, I thought you were just going to say we were really busy with the musical. So we weren't watching anything fun because that's also true. Yeah. 
podcast, but I think it was between the musical and all the other events we were doing. I, it was like also right before streaming TV was a thing. And so it was like that weird era of time. That's my follow up on this. So you, this was the very beginning of YouTube and there weren't like specific rules on what you could and couldn't do on YouTube and really yeah. nobody knew what it was. And somebody had uploaded most of it as it was coming out in Canada or whatever. I feel like maybe we watched that though. We did. We watched it on YouTube. Yeah. But that's probably why our experience with it was bad because it was like a really like yeah. <laughs> it was like a, a rip of a TV screen put onto a computer and the low quality of YouTube at the time because they didn't have HD at the time. Well, I mean, I guess we can talk about that when we get to it, but regardless <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, that's not where we're at today, but like... I know. It's like, regardless we're just thinking ahead about the fact that we basically have one more real episode of this show. That's true. And I actually do want to mention this is that after we finish up this season, Maddie and I are going to do the comics. Yeah. We're going to read the X-Men evolution comics. There are only nine of them. Yes. They happen in sequence with the uh, TV show to sort of tell additional stories, um, which is unlike the animated series comic books, which were just retellings of those stories on comic book pages, which was really mm-hmm. weird because it was like comic <laughs> to TV to comic again. Um, I know. So and weird. So if you guys want to read along with those, you can start reading them now because that'll probably be in a few weeks from this point in time. Yeah. And that'll be fun. That'll be our last chance, I think, to spend some time with these particular iterations of the characters and... I'm really treasuring this ending here. I it's sad. Um, it's also sad because they're clearly setting up so much for Rogue and Gambit in this episode that will never be delivered on. Okay, if we can ever make it happen, I would absolutely love to get the creators on this show to ask them these questions and or hope that X-Men 97 received so well that they're like, well, maybe we'll consider doing extensions of the other two shows that were canceled. You never know. I doubt that will happen, but I hope so. But then again, I didn't think X-Men 97 was going to happen, so... I don't know. It could happen. Wait, hold on. I feel like it's as likely as anything else. As of today, which is February 9th, they made... Uh, an announcement that said yeah, that it's going to be... Futurama's coming back. Did you see that? Is that what it is? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's happening. Excuse me. That's hold what on. I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> hold on. What? <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> Okay, well, don't get too excited because Bender's voice actor is not coming back yet. And, like, it's, like, really... I don't know. Okay, he's going to come back. They're just, like, they haven't contracted that yet. They just haven't offered him enough money yet, I guess. I don't know. But there's no way they're going to do that show without Bender. Anyway, what were you going to say? Okay, that was, like, a live reaction. By the way, everyone, Futurama is my second favorite show of all time, if you want to know what that gay-ass screaming was about. But... Yeah, I was going to say, as of February 9th, they made an announcement saying that X-Men 97 is going to be 10 episodes long, Mm -hmm. if you guys missed the newsflash, and that it's going to be taking place not too long after the events of the end of season five. So we are going to be getting that continuation where Magneto is running the X-Men that we had wanted. Pretty wild. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, And I also saw that this article that reported it was talking about uh allison court returning they built her as jubilee which we already know is not correct but they had some other they said they they had like seven additional actors coming on 
including, including Jennifer Hale, uh, who I think is Samus, right? Yeah, she's Samus and like a bunch of other. She's Commander Shepard in Mass Effect. and Yeah, she's like all these famous video game characters. But they had they did have an Asian actress build on her, but they did, I don't know who she is. And I, my guess is that that is who they hired to bring into Jubilee because that was one of Allison Court's stipulations. Yeah, Holly Chow, I think, is who it yeah. was said in there, which I don't know the actor, but yeah, I guess we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I'm excited for the diversity, and I'm really excited to see this pick up and see what they do i'm also excited it's 10 episodes because even though that sounds short i think it's actually good because i'd, I'd rather it be a discrete story that has a beginning middle and end well the way the way the article posed it or sorry i guess not the article um what's their name the lee walls uh the, yeah the showrunners the way that they put it yeah they said that they have 10 episodes for now and then they said they were looking at making more so it sounds Mm -hmm. like that disney has plans to give them like another season after that there'll be more episodes than that but this is sort of a trial run to see how well it does and we all know it's gonna fucking do well so lots Mm -hmm. of excitement today we're also coming hot off hot off a nintendo direct so it's kind of like maddie and ryan nerd hour and we're hungry yeah i mean there was no x-men news in the nintendo direct but but there was kirby getting a mouthful (laughs) yeah kirby inhaled a car so that's really the energy we're we're bringing to the up today anyway we got to we got to talk about Gambit. We are. We are. So previously on the X-Men. So as we know, Gambit was introduced at the beginning or at the end of season two as one of mm-hmm. Magneto's alkaloids. And he's kind of been like Ayn Rogue. They've been ha- they have these episodes where or scenes and episodes where Remy and Rogue will sort of run into each other and be kind of flirty for a second and then leave or Gambit will flirt and Rogue will be like, I'm going to punch you in the face, bitch. And then she leaves. And so this uh-huh. is really the first time that they're spending any time together. And it's very manufactured in a way where it's like, why would these two characters spend time together? It's purely because you know that they're going to have chemistry because it's Gambit and Rogue and it's fine with me. You know what I mean? I like, I do like how they manufactured the line in there for Gambit where he's like, I haven't watched you sleep for like months. And I was like, whoa, Gambit. <laughs> Yeah, little Edward Cullen energy in here. Yeah, another important piece of this is that Rogue is working through her trauma of everything that Mystique's done to her at this yeah. point, and also how she then killed Mystique. And her guilt about that. Which I guess Xavier is trying to navigate oh that with her. But okay, that's the first scene. We will get to okay, that. Okay, let's just open it up. That's all you need to do. Oh, Rogue has also been kind of not participating in x-men activities it seems as if she's gonna go rogue again Mm -hmm. i mean she hasn't even been in the past several episodes at all right and she had a huge fight with nightcrawler about everything that happened because she murdered their mom in front of them it's kind of funny that they can't say the words kill murder assassin assassin. (laughs) in this episode uh and so they find some very clever ways around that Around talking about the fact that Rogue I killed her mom. I actually thought the dialogue was pretty good for all of that. No, I'm serious. I When I say it's clever, I'm not being sarcastic. I, I truly feel like they did a good job. I just, I respect the hustle. You know what I mean? I like They too. really had to try to get around it. And it's it shows, you know? Like they were lifting up some heavy weights, but they weren't dropping them. Yeah, which, which is appropriate for Rogue, who, by the way, in this yeah. episode <laughs> is channeling some serious, the animated series level energy, which I feel was fantastic. Absolutely, she is. And I mean, Gambit on this show. Oh, yeah. Love him. 
He's incredible. I, 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 I've said this multiple times before where I felt like X-Men Evolution is kind of an unofficial prequel to X-Men the Animated Series where we get to see how Rogue and Gambit met and how mm-hmm. they developed into the people that they are now. And I would buy that the animated series Rogue went through all this trauma because of Mystique and then tried to kill her and then got really, really fucking badass after that because that's kind of like where we're at. Mm-hmm. It's also funny for their meet cute in this episode to be Gambit trying to trick Rogue and then having Rogue repeatedly tricking him back. I mean, the whole thing is cat and mouse, mouse and cat back and forth. Oh, yeah. But there's so much fun. That's It's incredibly fun to watch. And, and I kept thinking the whole time about the Legion episode and how much... This episode works better by having a villainous character in Gambit kidnapping the heroic character in Rogue, but it's, and it is kind of creepy, but it's more sexy than creepy. And I feel like that's exactly what the Legion episode didn't nail. That That is like what we were talking about for an hour last week with like oh, yeah. Gene getting tied up. And I'm like, why is it different in this episode when Rogue gets kidnapped by Gambit? Like, what are the differences in framing here and why does this work? And why was Legion so freaking creepy? And I, it's it's a good case study in how the male characters are presented. You know what I mean? I agree. I think the the first thing that comes to mind in this is that, as we're about to find out, is that Gambit does kidnap Rogue, but he also gives her the option to leave at any point in time and make her own decisions after that, which is kind of like, okay, but you still kidnapped and tied her up, dude. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, I feel like he's not being presented as a character who's sympathetic, though. Like, it's not as though at any point we're, like, supposed to think it's cool that he kidnapped Rogue. It's fine to be annoyed at him for that. It's just that we also never really have to worry about Rogue at the same time because we know she can leave when she wants to okay also i like the idea that gene gray who is like this powerful tall kinetic person couldn't get away at any point in time but rogue who like just steals people's powers is like just badass enough on her own that she will just punch her way through things until she gets where she wants to be i mean i think that's (laughs) why the legion episode was so scary because it was like we've seen how powerful gene is and she can't get away from legion like what the fuck is going on whereas this episode is much more push pull you feel like rogue actually is significantly more powerful than gambit and that helps i think yeah they also have like this whole batman catwoman thing going on here but like reverse yeah, in which that is a hundred percent the vibes of this like oh, yeah. if you just oh, replace yeah. gambit with selena kyle everything still works a hundred percent it's but all don't replace fine. rogue because it's gonna be a hot <laughs> selena kyle on no, rogue situation no, no you can replace rogue with batman anyway let's get into it so so the episode opens up with rogue I guess having sort of a dream slash astral state projection, because later we find out that Xavier is supposedly guiding her through this, which he's doing a bad job. Like, why is he letting this happen? Like, it looks so scary. He's not. What's happening here? It's not that. He's like trying to get into her brain to delete the memory of it happening. That's absolutely what's happening. Well, he doesn't seem like he's monitoring what's going on at all, because Rogue is like going through her mind palace and being attacked by these shadowy figures and screaming and then she's like standing on top of the statue version of her mother but she's tiny and mystique is freaking huge and like towering over new york city and then the statue is like exploding and rogue is falling to her death screaming and it's like how is this helpful at all and like (laughs) 
I don't see how any of that is like navigating trauma. And Rogue wakes up and Xavier's like, no, 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 keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm just going to point <laughs> like, out two examples. One on this show, when Rogue was having a mental breakdown, Xavier went in and like deleted, deleted everything. And then afterwards, Logan goes, is she going to be okay? And Xavier's <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I know. And then I'm just going to point out in the animated series, when Rogue was having her mental breakdown in that show, yep. they were like, Xavier tried helping her, but for some reason it didn't work. And Jean went into her head for like, I don't know, five minutes and was able to like help Rogue navigate that and deal with those things in like five minutes. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Xavier just isn't actually doing anything. Do you remember that episode where Xavier went into Sabretooth's head? And like, it was like monsters and clouds Yeah, I mean, we shit. just talked about this last week with the Legion did episode. We really? Yeah, we did. I don't remember. Well, because Xavier oh deleted God. everything from Legion's head, remember? I feel like every single time Xavier goes into somebody's head, we get like PTSD visions. <laughs> like you and I get PTSD. Yes, of like what the other times he tried to break brainwash people because it's so upsetting and it again in juxtaposing it with the legion episode like we just watched that and like i know people weren't watching this show week to week but even if they were like let's say they were they would be coming into this episode being like i just saw xavier delete two people out of david holler's brain last week and now i'm watching him quote unquote help rogue like how is this useful at all anyway xavier (laughs) when rogue wakes up and she's in the gazebo like you know twitching xavier's like this is all going fine i don't know what you're so upset about and rogue is like like, I feel like it's going terribly and I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. and, like, just picks up her bag and basically leaves because... Yeah. And, like, Xavier doesn't actually stop her. Like, he kind of weakly is like, Rogue, come back. And then just kind of is like, oh, well. Well, that's because Rogue's already doing that thing where she might be a problem. And yep. Xavier's like, I can't have problem children at my school. So if they decide to leave on their own... She's already rebelling too much. So he's just kind of like, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, remember Boom Boom and Spike? They yeah. were both too rebellious rebellious for him and he's like well and lance who kept getting framed for like everything you know what this is crazy that he's let three students who don't have a home go live on the street because he'd rather not deal with them yeah i mean where does he even think rogue is going also in their defense they also all left for the same reason so now we have this is the fourth person that xavier's like oh no she's bad i guess Come back, Rogue, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, also, he's not the one who's going to look for her later. Kurt is, but we'll get there. (laughs) So Rogue goes to school because I guess she's back to going to school now. And she bumps into Kurt, like physically, and is like, oh, Kurt. And then Kurt is like very cold towards her because the last time we saw them interact, she killed their mom and Kurt is still upset. I mean, right. And he's like, excuse me, I'm late for school. And Rogue is like wait Kurt and then she just keeps stumbling over her words I mean this is part of how they get around saying she doesn't say like I'm sorry I killed our mom because like she can't say that so instead she just says all these awkward sentences where she's like I don't know what made me do that to Mystique I just and like keeps pausing yeah and Kurt is like it's pretty clear Rogue there's only one reason to push someone off a cliff which is another clever line where it's like yeah obviously Rogue intended to murder her mom and that was the result (laughs) I also like this next line where Rogue just says I'm sorry yeah like honestly plain and simple and Kurt goes are the rumors true that you're thinking about leaving and Rogue is like maybe I don't know yet and then I was glad that Kurt actually looked sad and he wasn't mean about it and wasn't like well i hope you leave bye <laughs> well he's not charles xavier so I yeah don't know. i just 
I just liked that because it, it already foreshadows that he still loves her and cares about her and understands her on some level. They're brother and sister. You know, it's yeah. like there's how many times in our lives have we dealt with our sisters and been like, I we're having a huge fight with them. Over and killing we our don't parents. Like a thing that they yeah, did. it all happens to all and of us. And vice versa. We've done something that pissed them off and they don't like what we're doing. But like, we still love them at the end of the day. And like, we don't want them mm-hmm. out of our lives. Yeah. And I mean, in their case, they are sort of family by association in a far more specific way than the other found family that they're already in. That's actually a theme in this episode. Like later on in the episode, Rogue says Storm is her family, which I liked too. I liked that also. Well, they did a whole found family thing at the end of this, which is good. It is cool. So then then Rogue's walking away. She decides she's not going to go to school and she turns around. Yep. Ryan Pagella style. She's going to skip school. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly Gambit, or I guess this is more like Steph. Steph's going to leave school and then Ryan pulls her into where warehouse and just want to go to the mall <laughs> and rogue is like uh what the fuck is going on and gambit's like you're too tense sherry and i have just the thing for you something to help you relax and then he just sprays her with knockout gas and ties her up and puts her on a train to louisiana it comes out of his bow staff by the way yeah his bow staff is truly like whatever he needs it to be at any given moment it is so overpowered it is so they're on a train rogue wakes up she's under a blanket She's not. No, she's not under a blanket. She's underneath his trench coat. Ah, that's interesting. Yes. You're pro- yeah, you must be right, because I don't think he's wearing it while he's like he's not hanging around by the door to the boxcar that they're in. I mean, it's so weird. He's like, I'm going to knock her out, but then I'm going to like romantically put my trench coat over this girl I knocked out because I kind of feel bad about doing it. Well, it's I mean, that's part of his whole weird con here. Like part of why he knocked her out in the first place is because he wanted her to fight him so that then... He could leave. I mean, it's like, it's so many steps. It's absurd. So like, he's hanging out by the doorway. Does his little Edward Cullen line when she wakes up where he's like, I've been watching you for weeks, Rogue. You're such an unhappy girl. And she's like, "Uh, well, you tied me up. So yeah, I'm pretty fucking unhappy right now. Like, what is this? And Gambit is like, I don't want anything. It's what you want. I'm just opening the door for you. And then like gestures to the open door out the train. And it's like, Gambit, that's not really like that's complete nonsense. I don't know what that means. Like Also, you're on a moving train. Just pointing that out. Yeah. And she's tied up. It's not like she can really leave right now. So what is this? What is this train? It's like a train from the 1940s. That's just full of hay. And it's also (laughs) a train that would be on the road for days because they're going from New York to Louisiana. Right. Like this is a long train ride, but it also is only a few hours according to this episode because Rogue only misses one day of school. So don't worry about it. I guess they didn't make any stops. This isn't like a, a commuter rail. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a really high speed rail. Right. Um. So then Rogue is basically like a door to what? And Gambit's like, freedom the chance to just walk away i know from experience that the first step is always the hardest so i'm giving you a little push and rogue just screams untie me yeah i know and gambit's like i will when you realize i'm doing you a favor he's basically just being an obnoxious dick for now he's just being like a a, like an obnoxious teenager specifically absolutely he also like didn't super think this plan through and you can tell basically for the entire episode that he is a child you know what i mean like he just really didn't think about this i mean i did appreciate that energy a little bit where he he just didn't know 
fully what he was doing. And I think it uh, it is summarized well at the end of the episode. Rogue's like, you were doing the wrong things for the right reasons. And you need a little guidance, too. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't had very good parenting himself, as this episode shows. No. And I, fe- I, f- I felt like I did sympathize with him and I, in the same way that Rogue sympathized with him throughout the episode. Yeah. And in the same way that I've slowly come to sympathize with Lance, even though Lance is also kind of terrifying towards Kitty, especially early on, where like he kidnapped her and was like you know, not appreciating her boundaries at all. There's a lot of that on this show where like male characters will kidnap women and then be like, wait, is kidnapping wrong? Huh? I don't know. Should I not be doing that or (laughs) crossing people's boundaries? I don't know. Yeah, but luckily all the girls have superpowers so they can like kill anyone. Yeah, and they could just like fly away. Mm -hmm. Okay, hold on a second though. This next scene, I (laughs) literally had to pause because I was like crying. I was laughing so hard, okay? (laughs) You, because it's just this is the only scene in here that involves like really anything else happening in the x mansion yep and it's it's bobby walking in with sam yep and for some reason bobby goes check this out in which he just ice he creates an ice slide up to a window it disappears and yeah. that's it that's and I was it. like what are you doing bobby and it's like it's so funny because it's like he was obviously flirting with sam and sam just smiles like i guess that's another thing bobby's gonna do like it's just classic uh, well, he was he was doing that like flirtatious boy thing where he's like watch me do this ridiculously stupid thing because i have a crush on you and yeah, like it was cute the thing he did like was ice up to the second story and leave like i was like <laughs> i couldn't deal i stopped the i stopped the episode because it's like what are you doing bobby it's really funny and it's really adorable to watch basically just these children be so excited about their powers and each other that like they just do the stupidest possible shit and it's like there is no point to that scene being there it's just funny it's just bobby being like check this shit out and then he's not in the rest of the episode this is the reason why it's because the rest of the movie the rest of the movie the rest of the tv show was pretty straight this episode yes so like they're like we have to include bobby doing something gay to like offset this like straight shit that's happening Mm -hmm. meanwhile professor xavier is not worried about rogue at all i guess or hasn't even noticed that she's been on a train to louisiana i mean he doesn't know she wasn't in school because kurt's like teleporting around the mansion and being like where is the professor i i don't know what happened to rogue where is he yeah so kurt i love this story kurt teleports over to logan who's working underneath like a car like Mm -hmm. he's uh, doing an oil change or something and we just see logan's leg and kurt appears next time he's he's like logan and you hear (laughs) logan crash into something and scream and i was like yeah this is such the energy of logan and kurt even in the comic books though it's very very funny and then he just slowly wheels out from under the car he's like what the fuck like tell (laughs) me why you're here and kurt is like it's about rogue she never showed up to school and nobody's seen her what if she took off and then Logan looks legit worried. Yeah. And then we see um, a new scene of Logan on his motorcycle driving around, sniffing for Rogue. I feel like every single time he gets on this motorcycle, he finds an even gayer version of his biker <laughs> outfit. And like, I watched him put it on and I was like, I can't, this is not screaming straight to me at all. Like he's wearing like all leather at this point, like tight leather. And he's like, gets off the motorcycle. He's sniffing around. He's like, I could smell. Well, he's got a date with Pyro, <laughs> apparently. Oh, yeah. And then he's like sniffing around. He's like, I know my boyfriend's scent. It's Gambit. And I was like, <laughs> okie dokie. <laughs> yeah. So then we go over to basically the Acolyte's old warehouse where Pyro lives by himself. This scene. This scene is nuts. Is sad and weird. <laughs> Just yeah, saying. Right? I was it's like, sad and weird. What? 
so Pyro's Pyro deal. lives alone now, and he's just watching a snuff film of Apocalypse murdering Magneto, and he's watching that like five second clip on a loop for what it seems to have been days laughing, and laughing maniacally <laughs> and it is wild and he keeps re-watching the part where magneto screams in pain and like zooms in on magneto and he's like he is screaming with laughter it's so weird i was like <laughs> what is what am i what am i watching like what is this show? Yeah. when i was watching it when i was a teenager I only interpreted right. it as Pyro was just like finding this really funny because he has a sense of humor. But as an adult, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? You like fucking sociopath. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying, but it's also like, I guess this is just his reaction to finally being free. I mean, he says later, like, oh, everybody else is gone. And when Logan's interrogating him and like Colossus went back to Russia or whatever, and it's like Pyro has nowhere to go, I guess it's kind of tragic well yeah so anyway logan walks in and grabs pyro and is like where the fuck is gambit and pyro's like watch it mate you're wrecking the uniform and then they fight each other for like 10 years so i watched this twice because this is a really weird fight scene i don't know if you noticed this stuff so pyro makes a really big phoenix out of the fire yeah did you notice that i thought it was just like a generic bird thing but no, that makes more sense i watched it twice because there's actually an interesting animated moment that if you watch it again you'll see so as they're fighting, this huge phoenix is like flying overhead of them. And there's like this weird screaming in the music mix that's happening. Like the phoenix is screaming at them and it's creepy yeah. sounding. And then Logan slices off Pyro's backpack and like knocks out his powers. And he looks at his hands and there's like smoke coming out and no fire. But then he looks up and the phoenix is still there. And he's like kind of freaked out. And they animate him being like confused by that. And I was like... Oh, so the Phoenix is like some sort of otherworldly entity that they're already introducing in this moment. Oh, shit. You should watch it again because it's it's weird. And then the Phoenix actually sticks around for a second and then it fades away. And Pyro continues to look freaked out. And Logan like doesn't notice this. I really like how slow the buildup was on this show with all the Phoenix stuff. I know, but they never they never got to do it. That is that's really clever. I like that. A it lot, was weird. Actually. It was weird. And I was like, I don't know why Pyro's the character who they're like having this happen to, but sure, I guess. I mean, they're just sort of implying that the Phoenix Force is like in the air somewhere. Well, technically it is, right? Like that's how it's always been. Yeah. It's I mean, like I energy. guess so. I guess it's just hanging out, like hanging out, imbu- imbuing itself into Pyro's powers whenever it feels like it. So Logan starts interrogating Pyro, having won the fight. And Pyro's like, since Magneto's gone, Colossus bailed, went back to Russia, Sabretooth's playing with a big ball of yarn somewhere, and Gambit (laughs) didn't leave a note on the fridge. And Logan is just like, all right, fine, fuck off, bye. And then Pyro is like, okay, uh... It's fine that you're leaving, I guess. And then he has like six more lines where he's like, I'm cool with the fact that you're leaving me here alone. And it's like sad that he has so many lines about that. It is really sad. But then he turns around. He's like, well, at least I have this video of Bagnito dying. And it's like, and that's how the scene ends. I don't know. I don't know. It was a lot, but I I like the takeaway with the Phoenix concept there. I don't know if that's what they were trying to do, but now I'm going to watch it afterwards. Watch it again, because I think you're going to agree with me that it was intentional. Oh, probably. I mean, they had all these other moments in the show that I felt were intentional. Like, yeah, Jean being next to fire constantly. Containing that explosion. And like when she has a fire going around her, this whole season has had a lot of Jean and fire shit going on. So, Mm -hmm. all right, let's go back to Gambit and Rogue. Uh, And Gambit's (laughs) playing cards. And Rogue's like, what's with you in the cards? Oh, sorry. It's she, she went, what's with you and the cards, sugar? Gambit's like, 
Oh, let's just say, it's like having 50 little explosives tucked away, Sherry. I always save her for last. And he, like, holds up the Queen of Hearts. Uh-huh. And Rogue goes, the Queen of Hearts? And Gambit's like, my lucky lady, she's got me out of so many jams. And Rogue's like, then I need a deck of those, sugar. And I was like, oh, okay, I like this. So Rogue needs a girlfriend, question mark? Like, I was like, I <laughs> don't know if that is coming off the way you intended to, Rogue, but I'm fine I don't with know, that. But whatever it is, Gambit's into it. <laughs> he is into it. We got two bisexual disasters in the same train car here. <laughs> <laughs> and so Gambit is, like, trying to be inspirational still, and he's like, it's nice to have someone to watch over you. That becomes one of the many thematic lines of the episode. And then he's like, if you're ready to accept my help, I'll untie you. And Rogue just goes, okay, she is lying, by the way. And then he's like, take charge of your destiny, Sherry, and starts untying her. And then as soon as she's untied, she starts kicking the shit out of him, which is very satisfying. Okay, but I really enjoyed that part, like, a lot. Also, Gambit seems to really enjoy it, which is hilarious as well. (laughs) I know, he's, like, spying the whole time. I know. Because she takes his staff and pushes him against the door, and he's hanging out the train, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just holding, he's hanging out the train and he's smiling. Yeah. And Rogue has this incredible, like, animated series Rogue line. She's like, I don't like getting pushed around in any direction. Got it? Yep. And Gambit's like, point taken. Now here's mine. Pull me in or I'll blow up the whole boxcar. And Rogue's like, you're just crazy enough to do it. And Gambit's <laughs> like, we do what we have to, Sherry. And I was like, they are finally here. Rogue and Gambit are here. <laughs> I liked it. What was that thing I tweeted out yesterday that was actually pretty funny? It was like, I had just finished watching the episode, and I, I'm going to pull it up. This is what I put in. I said, Gambit goes, hey, sexy. And Rogue will say, you're annoying, and I'm going to punch you in the face. And Gambit's like, sounds fun. And Rogue storms off going, take a cold shower. But then she turns around, and she winks. And Gambit's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's basically their entire dynamic is that Rogue keeps pretending she's not into it. And Gambit is like, I don't know why this is what you need, but (laughs) okay. I fucking love it. They're ridiculous and they are fantastic in every way. I love them. So then there's this moment where Rogue like lunges for him and then he kind of grabs her wrist and is like, I'm not afraid. Go ahead. Absorb my thoughts. See for yourself that I mean you no harm, which he's really lucky she didn't take him up on this, by the way. Oh, right. So this is a bluff on his part. He knows, I think, that she's so afraid of intimacy at a base level that she won't touch him. And also that she has a clear crush on him and vice versa. And like there is sort of a sexual charge to them touching each other with skin. And she like thinks about it for a moment and actually reaches out towards his face And then chickens out in like a very teenager way where she's like, I don't want you in my head and like walks away. And Gambit is like grinning flirtatiously. And it's it's an interesting moment. It's like almost as though he's like, you want to make out? And she's like, maybe, but no, because that's gross. Uh, And it's I don't know. It's it's a really cute moment between them, I would say. I agree. But also Gambit, holy shit, you could have wrecked your whole plan if she had touched you in this moment. Like, she would have read your mind and been like, wait a minute, Gambit, you're trying to trick me into getting in on a heist with you and I'm mad. <laughs> well, but maybe she would have done that or... He probably had 60 stupid backup plans. I mean, he's like so obviously 19 years old in this. What if he didn't even have a plan at this point other than to get Rogue to help him? And that's what... That's what she would have found. It probably right. would have found that Jean-Luc was kidnapped. That's the information she would have gotten. But I think... Yeah, I mean, it's also like, how much did he really think this out? But I I also like your, your read on it where it's kind of like, he's 
seeing how far he can push her and he's like okay okay maybe i can convince her like worst case scenario she touches me but she's also way too shy to do that probably not going to yeah like what i don't know this is He's a gambler. That's what we do. Yeah, it's true. He is a gambler and he is a bluff machine, basically. He's like, I got to live on the edge. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then we go back to the X-Mansion really quick. Logan walks in on Xavier, who's using Cerebro, and Xavier's like, Gambit just okay, used his powers, so now I know where he is. This is, I fucking, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Logan walks in. He's just been riding around gaily on his motorbike yep. for however long he's been doing that. Sniffing the fucking ground, picking up backpacks, getting a blowjob on the way. Comes <laughs> back to Xavier and he's like, I just went all over fucking Bayville and I tracked them to a freight yard. And Xavier's like, yeah, I know. I checked Cerebro <laughs> and like I just sent you to go look for really no reason. Whatever. And I was like... I guess it's like what if they didn't ever use their powers and then xavier wouldn't have found them but like this i don't know this this version of cerebro is kind of silly because like usually cerebro can just find any mutant no matter what they're doing but in this show it's like they got to use their powers so sure anyway we go over to the x jet it's logan storm kurt and scott i don't think anybody else is there i think it's just the four of them who are in in the x jet no it's just them yeah then we go back to the train that's a very very quick scene basically all we need to know is the x-men are on their way to louisiana right right after rogue and gambit so then um rogue is is talking to gambit and she's like what makes you think i was ready to leave the institute and gambit's like oh it's been obvious besides i heard you talking to that nightcrawler fool I just want to say I really like that he thinks it's obvious and I agree with him. Like he basically is watching her on the boom, boom trajectory. You know what I mean? Where he's just like, this girl's going to quit any day now. Like I, she needs somewhere to go and I'm going to help her out, which is actually really cute, you know? Okay. But following that thought, I would love an episode that was a team up of boom, boom, avalanche, spike, gambit and rogue and be like yes. yeah we were all rejected oh toad too because he was also rejected by yeah. xavier i mean really they all were i it's right? just toad hasn't quite accepted that i don't think he would join that group but like yeah he was rejected toad was almost killed remember that toad has been rejected by basically everyone he's ever met besides fred like toad is such a tragic figure uh so anyway he gambit refers to nightcrawler as a fool and i think that's part of what turns rogue off and she's like you've been spying on me and gambit's like no just looking out for you and yeah that's creepy but it's also kind of cute whatever i ship it and rogue is like i mean it's it's also very like we're 17 18 energy yeah and it's also like gambit's homeless rogue's on the verge of being homeless do you remember <laughs> high school and if you were into somebody and like you didn't approach to them to talk to them but you stared at them for a whole year and then finally like hi i've been looking at you for a full year and they're like that's creepy but then they like hang out with you anyway because that's like how interactions are when you're a teenager this is how high school is yeah no one knows how to talk you know what's really funny though is that when i was a kid i remember thinking the high schoolers were like so mature and adult mm -hmm. and then i was like wow in this part of my life i'm like no high schoolers are like the most obnoxious children i've ever met of all those ages <laughs> i feel like i had that experience about every age like where i thought middle schoolers were so much older and more cool yeah, and then high schoolers right? and then i was like no college students are so older and cool and then i was like oh nobody knows what the fuck they're doing like on any level then you hit your 30s and like everybody from 30 and above is just kind of all the same mm -hmm. <laughs> and all of us are like we don't give a shit anymore and that's what true <laughs> coolness is that is what truly is being an adult is you just don't give a shit anymore mm -hmm. 
so anyway, Rogue is like, where's this train going? And Gamut's like, Louisiana. And Rogue is legit and she gets excited, all, like, excited. Which She's is like, really oh, cute. Louisiana! <laughs> <laughs> and Gamut's like, I do believe that's your neck of the woods, isn't it? Like now they're both from Louisiana, even though they have completely different accents, but sure, I'll take it. I think she did start in Mississippi in this show, so I don't really know what happened there. Yeah, whatever. Now it's Louisiana. I think it's more like he's like, you know, we're going down to the south and it's all the same there. Now that I think about it, I guess he's saying by your neck of the woods, he's not necessarily saying you're from Louisiana. He's just saying you're from the south. Later on, he makes a comment about right. how it's not the same up north. So we go to the streets of New Orleans and it just so happens to be Mardi Gras, which is like the coolest date ever for Gambit and Rogue, by the way. I mean, also very convenient. Very convenient. And also like Gambit set all this up in a certain type of way. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah. like, yeah, I'm trying to get Rogue to come with me on this really cool heist to like save my weird dad that I hate. But also <laughs> this would be a really fun date. So let's go join Mardi Gras. Anyway, so they're walking through the streets and Rogue is like, I always love Mardi Gras. You can be a fucking freak and nobody cares. Gambit is like, no, it's more, I read it where it's like, I always love Mardi Gras. You can be a big old gay and everybody else is going to be that way too. Yeah, you can make out with girls, boys. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, yeah, everyone's drunk and taking out their titties. Gambit's like, this is my first time being here not working. And Rogue is like, working at what? And Gambit's idea of working is stealing wallets like straight up when he said that i was like i legit thought he meant giving blowjobs you thought he meant sex work yeah yes yeah Yeah, that is what i thought i mean like it's hard not to because it's like mardi gras right yeah (laughs) i mean i thought of a few things i none of them were legal i was like okay wallets we're going with wallets and not (laughs) gambit working the streets sure so gambit holds up a wallet that he stole to rogue to like impress her and she immediately takes it turns around to the man they just walked by and is like here, you dropped your wallet. And then she just continues walking with Gambit without, like, addressing what just happened, <laughs> which I thought was perfect. Like, I, mean, I feel like this I show it. absolutely captured their energy as these two characters. And I, I mean, great. there's a reason why people love Rogue and Gambit together. They just are so funny there's they so are. much fun like, gambit is always like committing crimes and rogue is like shut up you stupid fuck boy but also let's <laughs> let's have sex later i brought this uh, like, i'm annoyed about it but also sometimes i walk on the bad side too like <laughs> yeah it's hilarious so then gambit's like you hungry because that little jazz club right there is the best jambalaya and then they go inside and like we get a flash forward to like after they're done eating presumably and they're just like having drinks they're eating one of those little cakes there's a baby inside of it no there isn't <laughs> No, there isn't. And this is when Rogue does, I forgot how much I miss this kind of place. And Gambit's like, yeah, there's nothing like it up north, which is true. And Rogue is like, so have you always been a thief? And Gambit's like, let's just say it runs in the family. Oh, wait, hold on. In between those two lines of Gambit saying, yeah, there's nothing like this up north. And Rogue saying, so you've always been a thief. There's a guy who walks by in the forefront there. Mm -hmm. And it was purposely animated. Like he's like walks in front of the camera slowly and Gambit's eyes, his face turns to look at the guy and they come back because they specifically animated so he was checking him out. They've admitted it to saying that's why they did that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yay, bisexual Gambit. I dig it. I mean, Gambit is... They're, the only people who don't want to admit that Gambit is bisexual are CEOs at Marvel. But literally every other writer in the entire X-Men universe have been like, no, Gambit's bisexual. It's obvious. It's great. Anyway, Gambit says, let's just say it runs in the family. And Rogue is like, what do you mean? Like your father? And Gambit's like, if you could call him that. Fact is, I got to go see that bum sometime today. Yep. And then he sees someone he knows who is Julian. Okay, so this is about the part where I called Katie up and I was like, can you explain to me any of this episode? Because she knew 
everything. So mm-hmm. Julian Boudreaux is Belladonna's brother. Mm. And she thought it was really weird that they put him in this and not Bell or even have a reference to Belladonna. Well, Remy's by and dated this guy instead of Belladonna. What, what I, mean, I, do, I do like that idea. <laughs> they just wanted to simplify it by like not having another female love interest in this. So they just make Julian the scorned love interest. When they released that episode of Externally Yours, which is our other favorite Gambit episode. Yes. The butter dish episode of Mutant Ages. Everybody knows it. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. They didn't incorporate all those characters that were in Clarissa Claremont's Gambit miniseries because I don't mm-hmm. think it had happened yet. But but in this one, they can, I guess. Yeah. It had. So all these characters are from that comic book series, which, by the way, if you have not read Chris Claremont's Gambit from the 90s, please do so. It's incredible in so many different ways, um, in, in ways that Katie and I were just recently talking about because he's coming back and he's writing a new Gambit Soul series for the first time since then. And we really want to see what he's going to do because he's a, he also wrote this whole other plot point in that series about... This guy, Jacob, who was a shapeshifter. And then, like, Mr. Sinister did something to Jacob's DNA. And so he permanently becomes a woman. And Jacob was all like, well, finally, I can be uh, the girl I've always wanted to be. I'm now Jacqueline. And he's like, but we can't fuck Gambit because we, they spent that whole time flirting as guys. But they're like, we're, we're guys. We don't fuck because we're guys. But now that you're a girl. And it's like this this whole weird, like, trans metaphor is going on there. And the important part is that at the end of the day is that Gambit's, Gambit's here for it either way. Gambit's like, I still am into you. And it's awesome. Yeah, Gambit Gambit is cool across the gender spectrum in terms of his paramours. I recommend this series. It's a lot of fun. It's very flirty. I think Chris Claremont, if he could have, would outed Gambit as bisexual in that series. So Yeah, I mean, Chris Claremont clearly wanted to out a lot of the X-Men and just wasn't permitted to do so. But in spirit, yeah. we all know the truth. Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, Remy LeBeau, do you want to continue Katie's recap of who Julian is? Or was that all you wanted no, to that's, say? No, that's, that's all I'm... That's <laughs> okay, all I'm we're not going to deep dive into all these characters. I'm just going to give little yeah, fun little, facts little as we bits go along. Yeah, little bits and bobs as we go along. So Julian walks in and he's like, well, if it ain't the infamous Remy LeBeau... It's my ex-boyfriend this just saves me the trouble of hunting you down and then he pulls out his own extendable staff which he never uses again by the way but it's like okay the boys have twin extendable staffs sure okay i don't know why that is happening also it's important to note that they're going to keep on calling the assassins the rippers because they can't say assassin yeah because in between the time that externally yours came out and this which was uh december 4th 1993 by the way yeah it was like pretty much 10 years in between these two episodes the the things you could say on children's cartoon changed and assassin was one of those words that went away I don't know why it was, but my theory is that 99 Columbine happened. And so they were trying to get away from words like kill assassin and guns. Uh, unfortunately, it's a normal occurrence every day in the U.S. now. So, and it did nothing to change these X-Men cartoons, but whatever. Yeah, honestly, it really. Anyway, yeah. so it's just it is kind of funny because um, in the externally yours X-Men TAS episode, they could just say the Assassins Guild and the Thieves Guild, whereas in this, they have to say the Rippers and the Thieves Guild. Yeah. Which, sure, fine. I know we were mocking externally yours for doing this whole West Side Story thing, but with the name like the Rippers, yeah, come on. I know, <laughs> I know, it confused me. I asked you about it before we started recording i was like what is happening like why are they calling them that and you were like oh because they can't say the word assassin and i was like oh 
Duh. I guess I should have thought of that. Anyway, so the, a fight breaks out. At one point, Rogue says to Remy, can I borrow this? And just takes his staff. And this is where I noticed she was wearing two sets of Mardi Gras beads, which I'm pretty sure means she was partying earlier. And I just thought that was really cute. Um, so then everybody starts fighting. There's a shot of Julian getting thrown out of the club. It's implied that Rogue was the one who did it. Gambit stands appreciatively in the doorway and watches Rogue walk out with the staff and hands it back to him. And they're both like, you know, thanks. <laughs> and then Gambit gets punched by another one of these minions from the Rippers. And Rogue sees it and is just like, Jesus Christ, I have to do everything around here. <laughs> and the reason she has to do everything is because Gambit is basically playing as though he's bad at fighting so that Rogue will eventually resort to using her powers in this fight. All right. Um, which we find out later. When I was watching this, I was just like, why is Gambit so bad at this? Like, what is going on with him? Like, he's not that useless. Um, there is a moment, though, where he walks over to a parking meter and uses his powers to explode quarters at everybody, which is just really funny. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? And I love it. Yeah, I also really just, I wanted to shout out, like, the animation, because we talked about this a lot in Externally Yours and how, like, every single character in that, that area is white in that episode. And we were like, this is dumb and it doesn't look like New Orleans. Orleans. This episode is totally different, super diverse. There's even a shot of like a person with a beard while wearing like a sexy nurse's outfit with boobs. And I was like, this is rad. Like, I like this Mardi Gras queer energy that's like being shown here and like not presented as like scary. It's just like, yeah, these are the people at Mardi Gras. Anyway, Gambit's fighting and um, a guy. And this is the moment where Rogue walks up. And I think it's Julian's memories. It doesn't really matter. It's one of the one of the guys, one of the rippers. She She taps him with her hand finally and gets his memories and that's how she finds out that there's a man in a mansion somewhere tied to a chair trying to get out not to be confused with xavier who's also in a mansion in a chair that no this is a different guy this is jean-luc also not to be confused again with xavier who (laughs) is sometimes played by jean-luc picard (laughs) yeah different guy different guy (laughs) this guy is gambit's dad which xavier never has been and never will be gambit's surrogate dad um, so then Rogue looks at Gambit in shock and Gambit is kind of like, time to get the fuck out of here. And he like throws a smoke bomb, a.k.a. a bunch of exploding cards on the ground and then like they dashes them away into an alley. No, I thought I thought he ripped off Rogue's Mardi Gras beads and they all flew everywhere. Is that what he does? Yeah, he, he rips them off her neck and there's like thousands of little Mardi Gras beads that he's now charged and exploding everywhere. OK, I don't even know what he exploded, but that's amazing if that's what it was. Clearly, I didn't notice what he grabbed. No, I think that's that's what it was. I remember. That's amazing. Um, So then we go back to the X-Jet for a second. Xavier called Storm up because he's just been using Cerebro this whole time, like noticing when and if Gambit and Rogue use their powers. And he just called and was like, hey, they're at Mardi Gras right now. Storm's (laughs) like, oh, okay. Which is really funny. I think it's that the same scene where they're like flying above it. Yes. And Kurt is like, oh, no, we'll never find them. There's so many disaster bisexuals down there. How are we supposed to find the two we know? Well, they're all freaking out. And like, there's just Logan and Sorrow being like, oh, like there's like that moment in here where Logan's like, okay, Rogue is clearly not in any kind of danger. She's off party. Yeah. Like that's what's happening. Yeah. It's like Storm. It's it's Aurora and Logan exchanging a look like, why are we doing this? Like it's <laughs> very funny. So then we go back to Gambit and Rogue. The date continues. Um, and Rogue is like, I got a dose of info from that lug. You're part of a crime family called the Thieves Guild. 
And Gambit is like, I was, but not anymore. Sorry you got involved with that rogue. And like, this is where he's like starting to like put on a little emo boy persona that is like also part of his trickery. And Rogue is like, and Julian's from a rival family. And Gambit's like, the Rippers. I mean, the Assassins. Look, thanks for your help, really. But now I got to go take care of some stuff. And she's like, why didn't you tell me they kidnapped your father? And he's like, listen, you don't need my trouble. Everything's just so hard for me. And like... Just don't even worry about it. And then he walks away and like waits behind a corner staring at her to see if she follows him or not, which is really funny because of course she does. It's also very high school. It's so, so high, school. high school. And so then she starts following him and he's like, yes. And then as he's <laughs> watching her, he sees Cyclops in the crowd and he's like, oh, fuck, they found us. And like yeah. yanks her into yet another alley. And she's like, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, ha, huh, I just don't want you to be seen with me because I'm so dangerous and everything. And she's like, whatever. I just, I want to help you because I, I saw where your father is being held. And Gambit is like, oh, really? Where? And she gives him all the details. It's Blood Moon Bayou, which what a name for a mansion. Honestly, that's where the next Castlevania game is going to take place whenever they come back to making them for Konami. Are they going to have water mines in the Castlevania gators? Like zombie gators. And she's like, we got to fight the zombie gators. So I need to go with you because you're not going to be able to do it. And Gambit's like, no, I'm fine. And she's like, Gambit, I had the chance to do something like this before and I didn't. I need to do it now. Which. It's sort of interesting because it's like basically implying that she's like regretting that she didn't save Mystique when she could have. And even though Gambit hates his dad, she's like, no, we have to do it, which totally different situation, Rogue. But all right. Yeah, And honestly, I don't think Gambit knows about all of that. I don't either. I think Gambit just assumed that since she's an X-Man at heart, that she would help him, which is also kind of true of her, you know. But I don't know if he knew the whole deal with Mystique because they talk about it later. And I don't think he's faking. He seems genuinely surprised. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, well, it's hard to know. I, I mean, that's kind of what's fun about this episode is that we'll never know, you know, because he's a great actor. I mean, we don't actually have any idea what Gambit's really thinking. Right. So then we see Gambit. We see Scott walking around and he's like, this whole place is Gambit's oh energy. Oh, my God. Cyclops <laughs> is just stomping around being like, Gambit made a mess here and we can't trust that bitch. And I was like, oh, my God, Cyclops, just take <laughs> it down three notches for all the time like yeah. why are you like this yeah and then somebody walks by a nightcrawler they're like nice costume dude like the, it's like almost it's exactly gargoyles. the scene as yeah the halloween episode no not the halloween episode it's the whatever episode it was where somebody passed by brooke and they're like nice costume yeah and kurt's like it's all natural you know? <laughs> yeah and then logan walks out of like, a nearby cafe and he's like i don't know why we're here <laughs> also like look why were you in the cafe like what were know. you doing in there he's I like he's like know. i just had to go out uh, get a quick blowy I, yeah. I got some Mardi Gras being insisted. Don't look at me. <laughs> so then we go back to Rogue and Gambit once again. They're in a motorized rowboat together. This is the scene we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah. So Rogue is tapping into her vision of uh, the guy's memories that she saw. And she's like, okay, veer to the right. And meanwhile, Gambit is bored and just igniting pieces of confetti and throwing them in the water, which I love that they animated that for him, by the way. Like just a little tiny detail where Gambit is just being a playful teenager. Just having teenager. a Disney moment. Like yeah. it's really cute. I don't know. And like childlike. So Rogue goes, all this trouble. And I thought you didn't like your father. And Gambit's like, I don't. Just because someone adopts you doesn't make them your parent. And Rogue kind of is like, yeah. And then Gambit is like, Mystique, you mean it wasn't her motherly instincts that led her to take you in? And Rogue's like, let's just say it was my power she wanted to nurture. And Gambit's like, you and I, we could write a book about it. Been down a lot of the same roads. 
And Rogue is like, difference is, you're here to save your father more than I did. I fucking murdered my mom in cold blood. <laughs> it was only a few weeks ago. <laughs> it was pretty like, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, by the way, at this part of the scene, Gambit is staring at her being like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, like, I mean, it's like, again, we don't know how much Gambit really knows about what happened. Gambit's like, oh, I'm just flirting with this girl all this time. And then Rogue's like, I murdered my mother in cold blood. And, she- and I'm pretty freaked out about it still. And I got a lot of trauma. And Gambit's like, well, same share, but uh, that's pretty heavy stuff. And Gambit's like, uh, <laughs> what? How dangerous are you, dude? Like, yeah, she's very dangerous. Okay, then, then there's a scene here where now the x-men are also in the bio and yep. logan touches the water and he's like i smell them and we're like <laughs> okay. okay thanks logan and then wait <laughs> there's this great moment where kurt picks up this little like package draft he's like want to take turns with <laughs> he says to he turns to guys and goes, I can't even say it because it's so funny. He asks us if they want to take turns blowing, blowing up the raft. <laughs> it doesn't even they don't they didn't even say blowing up the raft. He's like, Do you want to take turns blowing it? And I was like, What are you are you saying you want to like 69 behind the tree what's really funny is that scott goes yeah sure and he pushes the button and the thing explodes open and kurt just screams <laughs> yeah it's just it's an automatically inflatable raft it doesn't need any blowies but thanks kurt i know it's just a quick little joke it's very funny though um so then we go back to rogue and gambit and rogue's like we're almost there head under those roots it's the only safe way and um we don't see the rest of the tactical maneuvers that they pull here we find out later instead we go to julian and his dad i don't know if his dad has a name by the way i tried to look it up his name is marius boudreau this is an actual character from the comic books and katie was also pumped to see him i knew katie would know i knew she would know okay so julian's dad is marius okay by the way i know these characters because of the extensive warcraft valley stories that we've written we've read on that other podcast where it's like there's like there's all the other characters like fifa lay bobby singer i don't there's just so many of them i mean it's a good thing they've all got names so julian's like yeah father the motion sensors in the bayou are picking up something and Marius is like an, another gator. <laughs> and Julian is like, not unless it's 12 feet long and moving at two knots. I think you know who it is. And so then he's like, all right, you know what to do. Julian's like, this is Resident Evil now. I'm going to pull out a fucking rocket launcher the Ada Wan just tossed me off the rooftop and we're gonna blow the yeah, shit up it's huge. and he blows the shit up and he has this rocket launcher for like the entire rest of the episode and like endless ammo for it by the way that's <laughs> not easy to reload I know then it goes to a commercial break so we think they've died but they didn't because it won't come yeah, back yeah I mean it shows the boat exploding by the way like the wooden right. boat that they were in originally explodes but apparently they like secretly also had a raft that they inflated so they blew up the raft on their own and then got in a raft and then like floated the boat for I don't know who cares I, I, I don't I don't really know where that raft even came from because they got over there Me either it makes no sense but it doesn't it doesn't matter so they pull up to the dock but this scene is crazy because they climb up on the dock <laughs> and they're hiding behind a tree and Rogue suddenly has a flash remembering there's those cameras and it's about to see them so yep. she pushes Gambit and they roll down like a hill for 20 minutes sexually and then <laughs> somehow they don't land on each other and touch each other but then magic her finger touches his face like her pinky or whatever for a second or gambit's pinky touches her face rather where it's like just they just so happen to touch each other like as they're getting up and then he passes out but then when he he awakens to rogue shaking him screaming how dare you which is a really funny shot by the way because it's like a reverse shot like from gambit's perspective opening his eyes and being like what the fuck is going on and rogue is like but also yeah, and, and, they, and then Gambit, they show Gambit's face and he's smiling and he goes, what happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, whatever it was, I'm cool with it, Cher. <laughs> 
And she's like, your thoughts are in my head. I know everything. You played me. And Gambit's like, uh. And she's like, ever since you put me on that train, it's all been a part of the plan. You knew you'd run into someone who represented the Rippers at the Jazz Club. You knew they'd come after you. And you knew I'd use my powers to help you because you wanted me to absorb information. And he just goes, I'm sorry. Like, straight up. Which was nice. Yeah, he, like, feels bad about it. Yeah, (laughs) and she's like, you used me just like everyone else does. And she starts walking away into the mist. And Gambit's like, my father's life was at stake. But she just keeps walking. And then Gambit looks sad. And Gambit kind of sighs. Yeah, and he's like, all right, I guess I'll do this by myself. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of sad because he... Well, he did take advantage of her and her good, good heartedness. Obviously... He feels bad about it. Like, there's remorse here. And he's like, maybe that was the wrong call. But, like, also, I needed to save my dad. And I. But it's also like, he doesn't know her well enough to know that if he'd gone to her in the alley and been like, right. I need your help, she would have probably gone with him. You know, like, he doesn't. I know, right. He doesn't quite know Rogue well enough for that. And he's also like, been in so many bad situations that he's like I guess the only way to get my way is to trick people in a dumb way and it's like oh Gambit you don't have to do that but you're a kid um so then we get to see this dramatic lighting shot of Gambit walking through the mansion I I actually really enjoyed this scene yeah oh I like this whole episode it's good it's just like a black silhouette of him in the shadows and his eyes are glowing bright red and Mm -hmm. it's like damn I fucking love Gambit he's the best (laughs) so then he goes to the kitchen he picks up a can of beer question mark but then turns it into a grenade with his powers and like blows up a couple guys in a hallway yeah and gets to a room where his dad's tied up well surrogate dad john luke and john luke is like remy what are you doing here and gambit's like i'm asking myself that <laughs> which is like a very fair thing for him to say yeah. and john luke is like you actually came back i thought you walked away from this life and gambit's like i did i'm just here for you and John Luke kind of acknowledges it by being like, even after all I put you through. I mean, I'll give him some credit here because he's about to be an asshole next. And Gambit is <laughs> like, like two seconds. I know. And Gambit's like, don't get any ideas, John Luke. Nothing's changed between us. Let's go. I also like that he calls him John Luke and not dad. I know. I like it too. I mean, it's distancing and sad, but yeah. And so John Luke is like, wait a minute. We're in the heart of the Ripper stronghold. Don't you know what an op- opportunity this is? And Gambit is like, we're out of time. We have to go. And John Luke like can't let it go. And he's like, no, we have to raid this place. We have to attack everyone. We got to ruin them once and for all and gambit's like you don't even need me to do that i'm just gonna go and john luke is like i don't but i do need your powers which is like oh that's the relationship they always had yep and gambit's like i was right nothing has changed yeah uh which is like a sad scene by the way john luke is a reoccurring character in the comic book since the gambit miniseries uh he did he did adopt gambit that is true and uh took him off the streets like that he did do all of those things and i was gonna do like a spotlight on him but i decided there wasn't enough information to actually merit that in the same way that there was for corsair mm-hmm. but there is some like fun little facts about jean-luc like jean-luc adopted gambit and he was like oh i can train him to be a potential thief and i can use his powers and uh just use that to our advantage but there's like this whole other like side story in that gambit series in which Gambit goes back in time to save Jean-Luc from Kandra, a.k.a. Betty Spaghetti, the goth goddess fairy of the swamp, Lady mm-hmm. Kandra, from doing something to Jean-Luc. And so Gambit saves young Jean-Luc, and then young Jean-Luc remembered that. So when he was old enough to find Gambit as a kid, he's like, I'm going to adopt Gambit because I know I'm his dad in the future. And it's like, <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Fucking, it's like the launch shot. It's Shatterstar yes, bullshit all yes. over again. <laughs> Bizarre. But let's be real. The real biological father of Gambit is probably Mr. Sinister. Yeah. 
I mean, that doesn't get introduced on X-Men Evolution either, but it should. But it should. But also Mr. Sinister <laughs> isn't on X-Men Evolution, and I wish he was. But he should have been. Anyway, uh, so after the sad interaction between them, which really tells the whole story in a, in a way, uh, or everything you need to know, uh, Gambit walks out into the hallway and then sees Julian and Marius standing there. And Marius is like, well, well, it must be Father Sunday, which is the stupidest line in the entire episode. And I don't know why they wrote that. It's like, hey, do you get it? This guy is the father of this other guy. And so are you two. Oh, yeah. It's like, what is happening? And right we're now? rival <laughs> families. Like, so dumb. Oh, my God. I don't know why it's like that. But then luckily, Rogue interrupts this entire scene by taking off her knocking gloves and out. knocking out Marius and Julian at the same time from behind. They both pass out at her feet and she's like, let's go. And Jean-Luc is like, she did all that with just the touch of her finger. And Gambit is like, Oh fuck you. Like, don't even look I at know. her. He really does. He just goes, forget yeah. it. Like just fucking stay away uh, yeah. from us mutants. I loved that for him actually. And so then right. Rogue is like leading them through the mansion. It's super badass. She's like this way, that way knows exactly where to go. And John Luke is like, how does she know where to go? And Gambit's just like, trust me, she knows because she's like read the minds of both <laughs> Marius and here. Julian at this point. So now she knows where every guard is. And yeah. um, then we see like one of the guards standing on the dock and the wind is kicking up. Okay, wait, there is, there's a guy on the roof Yes. Uh, that character's name is Greece. <laughs> okay, it's important that we say what names everybody has. Okay, okay. I just think it's I think it's awesome. It is kind of cool that they bother to animate like actual comic book characters. Right. I like I think all the characters in it are characters from the comic books and they just took the time to animate them all and I thought that was really interesting and kudos to them for taking the time to do that it is cool i mean it's like this is a real gambit episode in a way that externally yours kind of wasn't i mean that episode's hilarious it was very fun this is a serious and hilarious episode like hilarious for the right reasons you know what i mean like the jokes land and the serious moments land and it's nice to see gambit get an actual episode about his past with all these characters. Right. So anyway, Storm is being a huge fucking badass for like one of the only times she ever gets to do that. I, yeah, for some reason, this time she actually gets to create tornadoes. It's so sick. So she's making a huge tornado and like Rogue and John Luke and Remy are like running to the front hall where there's a bunch of dudes waiting for them there with guns. But then this huge tornado rips off the entire front of the mansion like and blows <laughs> it away, which is fucking rad. I know. And John Luke is like, that one can control the weather. And Rogue just goes, meet my family, which is maybe the cutest thing she's ever said in the entire show i agree and i like that there's this whole um metaphor for found family here yeah because i mean rogue just spent all this time being like uh yeah mystique and destiny definitely tried controlling me that entire time and were shitty to me and like now now aurora monroe is her family which like makes yeah. me sad that aurora isn't more of a character on this show to be honest it makes me sad they could have put roro on the show and she could have been punk and we would have loved every second of it i know but like even if you have to have her be an older character, have her be the mother that Rogue deserves, but she doesn't even get to be on the show, so she doesn't get to be that either. It's dumb. Right. So they all run out into the front lawn, and there's, like, the guy on the roof, Grease, shooting at them. Kurt bamps in and steals that guy's gun. It's a fun little shot. One of the balconies collapses because Logan tears it apart with his claws to, like, kill some guys. It's, like, crazy <laughs> moment. And Scott is, like, shooting I-beams at everybody. And it's, like, a lot of people are dying, probably. And Gambit and Rogue jump into a boat with Jean-Luc. And then yep. the X-Men also jump in a boat. Motorboats. Luckily, it's motorboats now, so we can have a fucking motorboat chase through the bayou. Well, Julian jumps into a boat, and there's, like, another... There's, like, four boats. There's more boats yep. than there are in that Batman movie. I know. There's more boats than, like, we've ever seen before. It's, like, where did they find four? 
four identical motorboats to do this chase scene. Well, because this is how they get around the bio, Maddie. Didn't you know? They didn't <sighs> jump on the gator's heads like it's Donkey Kong Country 2. That's a great point. And also, Julian still has his fucking rocket launcher. So he's like shooting rockets at everybody. And also there's water mines. It's like it's like a for real action scene suddenly. But this, this is also like we are in Resident Evil 5 yes, now. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We're in like Resident Evil like Bayou Edition. Like if there was a Louisiana version of Resident Evil. But there was a Louisiana with the Resident Evil 7, the one where they... Oh, yeah. The one with the Welcome to Your Family. Yeah, but it isn't anything like this. Anyway, I do know that there's like a moment where I think Gambit's boat hits a mine because at some point Gambit and John luke and Rogue capsize and they're like in the water and like Rogue almost gets eaten by a gator and Kurt has to bamf in and rescue her and it's really cute because they get to the shore and they smile at each other and they're siblings and all is forgiven between them and it's very sweet. I like that. Yeah, I liked it too. It was it was a good like conclusion for them. I mean, they don't need more than that, I don't think, because we're, they're not going to get it because the show's going to fucking end and Gambit's no, in the know, water too. I know, which is unfortunately... Hey, Gambit's, I think Gambit blows up a boat, right? He does. He blows up the boat that Julian's in and Julian gets tossed off of it and like thrown into Storm's tornado, I think. And then <laughs> Gambit swims to shore and Logan immediately grabs him and is like, I'll fucking kill you, bitch. I'll kill you. And Roke runs in and she's like, Logan, stop. Leave him alone and logan walks away he's like whatever i want some answers somebody better tell me what the fuck is going on later and rogue walks up to gambit who's immediately apologetic and rogue is like don't you just did the wrong thing for the right reasons and gambit's like so what now do we fuck or like what do you think (laughs) (laughs) and rogue is like i'm going back with the x-men I don't care what you do. And Gambit goes, sure you don't. And then Rogue pauses for like 10 minutes and she's like, well, I better go. Uh, <laughs> she's like, well, I, uh, I, uh, well, I better get going. Uh, well, you know, uh, well, here's my, uh, um, you know where to find me. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then he grabs her hand very romantically and he's he like softens and stops doing the jokes. And he's like, you'll be fine, Sherry. You got people watching over you and leaves the card in her hand as his little sign. The, the queen of hearts, the queen of hearts. To yeah, be specific. the queen of hearts card and walks away with Jean-Luc, his daddy. And Kurt walks up to Rogue yeah, and is like, like, are you okay? <laughs> and, Rogue's, and Rogue's just like, yeah, I'm in love. <laughs> it's so teenage. It's really Kurt's cute. Like, well, it's really funny when Logan shows up and tries to kill Gambit and Rogue's all like. Because Logan is just like a dad in this show. He's just like a weird, awkward uncle where he's like, listen, kids. Everybody needs to stop fucking because you're too young. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, just wait a couple more years and wear a condom. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny because he pins Gip to a tree and Rogue's like, Logan, you can't hurt him. And Logan's like, okay, Rogue, what the fuck is going on? Like, what? <laughs> and in the background, Storm is just stone cold murdering Julian. Like, just like that's <laughs> never even shown again. Yeah, we never like, see her what? again. She's just, they're still, like, they're having this sweet moment, but there's still a tornado in the background. Yeah, where like, Storm is just like whipping him around and being like, how <laughs> dare you? That's the end of the episode. Yeah, that is the end of the episode. It was wonderful. I really wish this show got to continue on because I really enjoyed this episode. I know. Even back then. I did too. I thought it was a really fun um, villain redemption arc for Gambit. It shows us that he's still a villain, still a thief, and still takes advantage of people, but he's like learning not to and like learning to be a good guy and kind of needs Rogue's help. Well, I know that part of the intention of this show was that I think either in this season or the next one, they were going to bring him 
him in to be just part of the X-Men team. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to know because I know that they were going to have him and Angel become main characters. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. And like, I even am like now sort of convinced myself they were probably going to do more Legion plot lines too because they went ahead and introduced him. So like, why not? You know, like... And Apocalypse is here. Like, there's a lot of cards on the table, as Gambit might say. Part of me is kind of like, I wonder if they are going to get these weird continuations. Because these shows, all three of them, were beloved in very different ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, X-Men the Animated Series is probably the highest of all of them. But, you know, what I've learned from doing this podcast and being involved with these X-Men communities is that that people really miss X-Men Evolution. And people also really want Wolverine and the X-Men to get the second season that they didn't get. Yeah. And with the way that things are now, I mean, we, we clearly have started a trend in the past six years where we're like, we're just going to go back and continue the show that we didn't get to finish 20 years ago, like with literally every show that we could possibly think of. Well, I mean, they're doing it with shows that did get to finish. Like Futurama had an ending, you know? But that was just popular enough that I guess people wanted it back. In this case, it's like this show didn't get an ending. Okay, but with Futurama, though... Despite you, me discovering that here on the podcast today. Yeah, well, now you have deep thoughts about it. Go on. Well, no, I was, I was going to say deep thoughts, but I said I knew that eventually it would come back because it is so popular. And I, I appreciate the way they ended the show because they left it so they, they could continue if that's the choice that was going to be made for them. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's just something that did not happen for shows like these. All three of these X-Men TV shows did not have a clear ending. Yeah. I mean, X-Men, the animated series, ended on a note where... They were like, hey, the bigotry gets so bad that everyone's so fucked and everyone dies. And I was like, wow. (laughs) This show, it's just Apocalypse like floating around in the air and spinning while some people go evil and all the X-Men don't have lines. And we get to watch a really poorly animated fight sequence for a very long time. Oh, boy. I know. It it really has the injustice treatment. I know. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. So I'm going to give this... A four out of five. I think I thought about giving it a five, but like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, mm. I I feel that's fair. I, I could be, be convinced. A, I eh. no, I was gonna say like a four point five, but what is a point five? And I'm like, just keep it at a four because it's not. I think it's really really fun. It's not super important to the overarching plot, and except that it was gonna eventually convert Gambit into an X Men, and it was setting up Gambit and Rogue fun shit. But it wasn't like as deep as our super favorite episodes Mm -hmm. i think they tried by making gambit and rogue relate to each other but there was so much going on with this ridiculous as it always is when it's like the thieves versus the versus the assassin i know and i i feel like the part of it that is both fun and also the fatal flaw is that you don't actually know when gambit isn't isn't lying like not all of that actually gets confirmed and i feel like it would be useful if we knew a little more but here's the thing i feel like gambit doesn't know when he is and isn't lying well even that would be fun to confirm if like gambit confessed to that and was like listen i was kind of leading you on but also i kind of wasn't like i would have liked something like that from him where he was like it wasn't that thought out of a plan you know what i mean because instead what we get is rogue being like you set it all up and you don't really care about me and it's like i don't think that's true of this version of gambit at all i think he does care for her and respects her but i don't feel like he has the chance to prove that but it's also like maybe they were building up to that later and they just didn't have the chance for him to have that arc you know like lance has kind of gotten to have those moments with kitty You know, like over time, he's gotten to kind of redeem himself to her. But Gambit didn't really get that chance. And it's kind of too bad, in my view. No, I agree. And like, I don't really have anything to follow up with this other than I think it's a great episode in terms of 
bringing these two characters together that we love. It captures their energy perfectly. I felt like I was watching the animated series again in terms of storytelling involving these two characters being these two characters together. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit more thought out than the animated series because they got to have some dialogue that was a little bit more fluid. But it absolutely, if I was trying to make somebody understand Rogue and Gambit and their relationship together, if they turned to me and were like, why are these two characters together? I'd be like, let me just show you this one episode because it gets it. It gets who they are and their relationship with each other and Mm -hmm. sort of like the way that they operate together. I think that scene with Gambit taking that dude's wallet is so perfectly them where it's like Rogue is happy to hang out with Gambit and Gambit's like oh but also I'm just gonna steal this guy's wallet and Rogue's like we can't steal we'll give it back to him but that just continues on like as if nothing happened and gets coffee with him yeah it's kind of like the epitome of who they are and also like that scene where she's like I fucking hate you I'm gonna punch you in the face and then two seconds she's like all right now I'm gonna get you out of here it's kind of <laughs> like I don't know they have always had a wonderful energy I like the concept I came up with where it's a reverse Batman and Catwoman situation. Yes, it is. And it's like in the sense that both of those characters are also really traumatized and don't know what they want out of a relationship. And that's part of why it can't be a healthy relationship. But it doesn't mean it's like bad to depict that, you know, like oh, it, yeah. it's OK. It's like messy and dramatic and it's never going to be like oh, a yeah. good relationship. I also love that they're both the horniest characters in the X-Men. And <laughs> she's know. like, Gambit's like, I will literally have sex with everyone and everything until he meets Rogue. He's like, actually, I just want Rogue. And Rogue's like, I want to have sex with everyone and everything, but I can't, you know? Mm-hmm. it's And like, that's kind of why I think Gambit is yeah. so into her on some level because it's like endless edging, you know? Like, and that's what he likes, I guess. I don't know. Also, he likes I being mean, punched in the dick. I Look, it's Gambit. We can't explain this. It's just how he is. It's just... How he is. Should we talk about who's gay, by the way? Because that's also part of all of this. The Okay, but there are some gay characters on here. I know. I mean, they're few and far between, but big shout out to whatever the fuck Bobby was doing. Yeah, when he was whatever flirting with Bobby Sam. was doing, because, I like, don't know. I feel like he's been flirting with Sam on the show for the past two seasons, and I don't know where it's stemming from or who decided to make that happen, but like that whole scene where Bobby's like, check me out. I was <laughs> like, okay, this is how we all flirted in high school, but didn't know how to... Like, instead of walking up to somebody and be like, hey, you look handsome today, we'd be like, watch this ridiculous thing that I can or cannot do, and then just, like, awkwardly leave. That is 100% flirting in our gay energy back in, I don't know, 2001. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is. And it, it is also one second of this episode, and yet it is one of the gayest moments. Other than perhaps Gambit literally checking out a guy in a bar. I mean, okay, that's literally that. Or that scene where Scott and Kurt ask, well, Kurt poses blowing each other with Scott, and mm-hmm. Scott's like, no, we're on a mission. Like, yeah, and also, like, just the general queer energy of the Mardi Gras partying. I mean, that's, like, legit queer stuff. And Scott and Kurt, like, getting to be on the mission together again. You know, honestly, you could argue that this is actually a pretty queer episode because... Because of Mardi Gras? Well, <laughs> well, that, and I also consider Rogue and Gambit to be canonically bisexual. I mean, they basically are so close to having that be true anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And then the people who come save them are like, 
Logan and Storm, who are also super bisexual. And, and I think is Kurt and Scott, who are basically dating on this show, like, yeah. and also they cut out Belladonna and just have Julian be the one who's mad at Gambit, which is pretty homoerotic <laughs> as far as things Honestly, go. This is gayer than I thought it was now that I'm saying it out loud. Yeah, I think it is. And I, I think like even just the Queen of Hearts card, like there is sort of like a gender swapped energy to a lot of the power dynamics in this episode as well. Like the fact that we compare it to Batman and Selena Kyle is like part of that too. You know, we're like Gambit is like, the sexy flirtatious one who's like come and get me like i don't know he kind of acts like he's the the come hither one as opposed to the aggressor which i think is part of what i was trying to get at at the beginning of the episode when i was like he just doesn't seem threatening in the same way that legion did to me i don't know i mean it's subjective but i just i'm like it's gambit i don't know like he's (laughs) he's not gonna do anything he's just being dumb yeah really gambit is just gambit you know (laughs) yeah Pretty much. Although I know there's a sad episode in Wolverine and the X-Men where he like there's a really weird version of Polaris on the show that is nothing like her comic book counterpart. And she's like young and stupid. And she's like, I'm falling for Gambit. And he like tricks her to steal shit from Magneto. And I was like, oh, oh, is Gambit way more evil on that show or something? Or I guess we'll find out. I know he's about the same. and But like he, but he just uses her for his own ends. That's sad. Yeah, but he's only in a couple episodes because they had like a thousand characters on that show. Yeah. Oof. That they were introducing like high speed. <laughs> Without like any background introduction, I mean that's that's my only. It's like the opposite from- of this show. I feel like they probably took the wrong lessons from getting canceled. To be honest, if that was how they were operating, <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're gonna make this other show where we're gonna introduce everyone and not explain anything. Yeah. So, but Emma Frost is there, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, I have some gifts of her from that show I, that I really like. Oh, she's really good. She's really good. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be excellent. Excellent. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We only have a few more eps- episodes of this to go. Yeah. Uh, are we ready for the plug section? Speaking of. We sure are. Okay. No pluggy today, though. It's a He's working. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um. So next episode, we're going to watch Ghost of a Chance, which, again, is our last real episode where we get to meet Daniel Moonstar. And then it's a two-parter. Um, we always do those split up into two episodes, just as a reminder to people who ask us every time if we're going to do that, we will split it up into two episodes. <laughs> Um, and then we'll be done with this. Uh, R.I.P. X-Men Evolution. Yeah. And then we'll have, well, we're going to have one more. Yeah, we'll do, we'll read the comics. the comic books. And then maybe, maybe we'll do a listener mail. We'll let you know as we go along. Yeah, what, what and then to we'll expect. do like Days of Future Past, which will be. Yes. Kind of a jump. So. It will be. Logan's butt makes a big return. Oh my God. It really does. And it's big. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great gotta be great what's what's who's gay wolverine's butt yes yes um so mutantages.com it's a pretty cool website i think i go there every single week when we record the episode and that's great you know why it's because i want to tell people about our email address which is the mutantages at gmail.com so they can write in for our listener feedback episodes i want to tell them start getting those writer those writer mails you want to get those listener mails in now yeah go ahead send us those mails talk to us about x-men evolution talk to us about gambit and what you think and tell us when you started listening to the show because those messages have been hilarious to me and also eye-opening in terms of like what your favorite episodes are that's been really helpful Although I am finding that a lot of people have 
jumped on this bandwagon either through a, a movie or listening to like Mutant Ages the comic book. Which, which is hilarious. The latter is so funny to me. Like <laughs> the fact that somebody would start with a listener email or Mutant Vision. There's one person who started with Mutant Vision, which I can't get over that. Like that's the funniest shit I've ever heard. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm glad the jokes landed and brought them on board. So welcome. Welcome yeah. to the Mutant Ages. It's fucking weird and gay here. We love ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um. So also there's a link to our Discord server, which you should absolutely join. We have a voicemail inbox as well, which is one five zero eight. 319-1668 and we have a P.O. Box which is P.O. Box 3344 Natick, Massachusetts 01760 all of those places are places that you can contact us as well as social media um, we got Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, TikTok uh, Facebook what am I forgetting? You said it, I think you said it. Instagram I think you missed Instagram Tumblr Instagram yeah we got them all we got them all I every single one the mutant ages there we are we're there and we're individually on those places. I'm at Mitty Myers at basically all of them. What about you? I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. I'm also on YouTube with my YouTube channel, which is just my name. Oh, actually, it's not anymore. I forgot that I changed it. You have to look up Ryan's theme park and adventures. But I think if you write Ryan Pagella. I think if you look for Ryan Pagella, you probably will yeah, still find it. Yeah, because I think it. it's part of the keywords that I put in for the tagging. So you'll still be able to find me anyway. But if you like theme park shit, that's where to go. And nice. we have a YouTube channel for the mutant ages where we do one live stream every month where we read a unproduced screenplay of the x-men and we also post clips of this show with the animated series and we are slowly very slowly emphasis on very slowly playing through all of the x-men games it's uh-huh. been a while yeah and uh, if you want to take a look on there you can find other things like x-men parody videos that we've made and reactions to old movies we made when we were teenagers that are very embarrassing but we put them online anyway there's a fun star wars story yeah ryan's star wars poetry that he wrote and i like kill myself laughing at it it's honestly pretty funny i rewatched that recently that video is good i just watched it again because of all the star wars stuff going on i was like okay i just have to watch this again i'm like nope still good still (laughs) still one of the funniest videos honestly one of the funniest things i've ever done in my life is rereading that story i wrote when i was like 10 9 years old we were crying with laughter at that story (laughs) anyway um we also have ways that you can support us financially uh for example we have a store where you can get a t-shirt of Bishop hopping out of the bushes saying time travel is real. You can point at it and be like, you know, the television show Loki. Well, this guy should have been on there and people will be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And you can be like, listen to the mutant ages. It's a pretty good podcast. That's something you could do. Um, Also, we have like mugs and and tote bags and stuff. Some of which have the mutant ages logo as well, if that's what you want. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the mutant ages. You can get copies of my songs. If you back at that level, my theme songs for the show, And um, you can get bonus audio episodes, bonus podcast episodes about all the MCU movies and shows and many of the DC movies and shows as well. The ones we have time for. Uh, Sometimes other things that we are watching. Yeah, whatever we're going to do an extra episode on Mario Brothers. We will. Oh, my God. We got to do that. We got before the Chris Pratt Mario movie comes out. We got to do a Mario Brothers. Oh, my God. Right. Because we are obsessed with that Mario movie. Oh, my God. Like, I think at this point we both earnestly think it's good. Like, we've both circled all the way back around and like it for real. So, people got to back the Patreon. Okay, you and I watched that movie. Okay, Maddie and I grew up obsessing about that movie and The Wizard, which I think The Wizard was slightly better, but. I mean, The Wizard, I feel like we both think The Wizard is really good, but then we made Katie watch it and she was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And she may have been right. (laughs) Every single time we make Katie watch any any of those crazy 
80s 90s movies that we love katie's like the fuck is this shit like <laughs> but to be fair it's katie so it's like still honestly really enjoyable to do that but anyway please oh, yeah. back the patreon please support us we appreciate it so much we love getting to uh kick a buck to uh katie and todd and Ryt when they help us out with all of our additional projects as we expand the mutant ages world and uh we also give a shout out on the show to our highest tier patreon supporters i guess you can do it gambit style share all right mona me hey samuel b so mean soren b and zach s let's take a train on go on down to the bio for a little bit of mardi gras you show me yours i'll show you mine and you'll get some mardi gras bees oh no the rippers we gotta go it's this dark uh, no, alleyway. No, it's the Rippers. It's the assassins. Oh, no. I got to take off my clothes now. Oh, I know. I didn't expect any of this to happen, except I did. Now, now I'm getting myself a bare-ass spanking. All right, anyway. <laughs> Thanks so much for your support. Uh, <laughs> Whatever that was. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Leave us leave us a review, everyone. Oh, right. Leave us a review. Okay, we'll see you next time. See you next time. The Mutant Age is a